Hurricanes will play tonight at home against the Buffalo Sabres. I mentioned this before. This has been a matchup that has produced a lot of goals. So in the last six games between these two teams, the Hurricanes have scored 29 goals. 29 goals? I think it's 29. It was 26. 26 goals, not 29. 26 goals, 13 last year, 13 the year before. It's a bunch. That is a lot. It's actually 4.33 goals per game. The Sabres have also scored a lot of goals, but fewer. The Sabres are averaging actually below their normal average because they score. But the Sabres are averaging about three and a quarter goals per game. They have 19 goals in the six games played. So actually it's like 3.17 goals per game. Uh, But that's more than Carolina usually gives up by more than half a goal a game. Uh, At least historically, the Hurricanes this year have given up significantly more than that. But you see that number's been dropping. Remember the first... What, six games, they gave up 30 goals. Yes. That's five goals per game. Uh, right now, they're giving up about 3.6 goals per game. Getting back So in track. the last six, it's dropped considerably. They're, again, they're starting to get back to playing the brand of hockey we are used to. Uh, that'll come up in our conversation with Rod Brindamore. But you know what it is? It's election day. So I would. I'm curious... Uh, not that this is an election or anything like that, uh, but if I was asking Rod Brindamore to vote for his favorite all-time player, who would that be? Oh, man. My favorite all-time player. Well, it would have to be... I have too many. I can't <laughs> nail down to one, but Guy Lafleur was my guy growing up. Um, he was my. I was in his fan club, and then I got to play against him, so that was kind of a very... Uh, real moment but uh there's been a lot of good ones over the years with respect to frederick anderson and this is an issue that goes well beyond hockey and we wish him all the best um auntie ranta tonight yaro halak brought in to kind of see if he can offer something on a professional tryout Pyotr kachetkov is up uh how would you you know when you look at your goaltending uh are you uh, are you good with what you have, or are you somewhat concerned, especially in light of what Freddie's dealing with? Well, listen, we're always concerned when it comes to goaltending because it's just so important of a position. And we talked about it at length this summer when everyone was like, why do you have three? And, well, I can tell you why. Right. <laughs> now we're down to two in a, in a way. And so that's, that's just a concern for sure. And that's why you see what the moves we made and – um, see what you know, Halak. He's a proven guy over the years, and see if he's got anything there. You just you can't have enough depth at that position. And um, clearly, we you know we, we we did the right thing here this summer, and now it's just a matter of shoring that up a little bit. Is there is there any way to determine whether Freddie is month to month, two three months out? Is there any way um, that you can determine this? I don't think so. Not not that I've been told. I think it's just kind of, you know, we know it's going to be a while. And that can probably 
take on a life of its own there. I'm not sure, and, you know, I think it's probably way too early to assess all that, but we know it's definitely long-term. All right, let's talk about the, the last two games for Ante Ranta, which I think have been very good. I know he allowed three goals on the island. I'm not sure you can fault him on any of them. I know you can't fault him on any of them. I'm not sure he could have done anything about any of them. Uh, but how do you think he's played the last two? Yeah, well, listen, you're right. Most of the goals, you know, if, if you can go through a game and say, well, you know, you don't, you just don't want to let those ones that you should have had go in because um, those are hard hard to, to come back from. And he's done that here lately where it's the goals, like you said, what do you, what else do you want him to do? And one was a 2 on yeah. um, you know, you know, but, but I will say, you know, then after that, he didn't. He didn't have a lot of work, but when he had to, in the and it was one in overtime. He made a great save. Like that's that's the, the, what you need. You do need saves when they get their great A's occasionally, right? Like they're going to happen. You're going to give up four or five a night. Great A's. We got to we got to get a save there, and, that, and that's the difference. And I think, you know, if he can do that, make sure obviously save the ones we want to save, and then get a couple here or there that, you know, are game changers. That that. I think this does it all. So that that's what we need out of him. What is the significance of Sebastian Ajo getting the goal? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, who knows, right? I, I, every game kind of has a new game, but does it help him feel a little more like in rhythm? You know, obviously we need him to score, and he hasn't done that yet. So, uh, and really still hasn't five on five. So we, we need, you know, we need him to go because – your best player's got to be your best player. So I think hopefully it, it jump starts in a little bit and get him, you know, feeling like uh, he has been over the years. Yeah, he has. I mean, both of his goals, one is shorthanded, the other is at three-on-three. Three. I thought you guys, I was prepared in the post-game show and in the podcast to try to explain to people that even when it was 3 nothing, you guys, I thought you guys had played pretty well. But you became much more dangerous offensively the last 30 minutes of the game. What changed? Uh, good question. I, I don't know. I think it's hard to say. I actually thought we played good the whole game. Yeah. Just, we got we got a little more desperate when we got down. And to be honest, the other team, you know, when they get ahead, sometimes comes off the gas a little. And that's, that, that's a big difference when you, you know, we, all of a sudden we're in their end the whole game. And, uh, you know, they were kind of hanging on. And that's, that's what you want from – from us to get forced out on the other team and, you know, put a lot of pucks at the net and we had a lot of good opportunities and their goalie was good, but, you know, he can't stop everything if he put enough there and that's kind of what happened. The net front presence by Seth Jarvis on the Dimitri Orloff goal, do you think Ilya Sorokin ever saw that puck? Yeah. Well, that one, for sure, I think it went off their D, but so it might not have mattered, but you're right. It's because we had a guy going there, and then even the first goal, Chatty, you know, we had three guys there. Jordan Stahl, especially, kind of does a drive by right as the shot's coming. And then all the other guys are there, Quickie and Marty. And because they're there, they attract their guys, and, you know, it goes off one of their guys and goes in. A lot of times it doesn't work that way. We see it where they get blocked because there's so many bodies there, but that's why you got to keep keep doing it. And, um, you know, I just I love the way we played that game. I thought it was perfect textbook you know we had a couple of mistakes and they ended up in our net that okay those are gonna happen and we didn't we didn't give up a whole bunch and we certainly created a boatload so that's that's a recipe for success yeah this is what six games in a row now or so where uh it's it's looking a lot more like you wanted to look right 
I think so. I mean, I think again, you know, we're it's all about you know su- suppression of chances for the other team. I mean, that's you, you got to limit those as best you can. And you know, we've given up some good ones, but I think it's a little more magnified because they seem to be, those ones kept going in. And and you know, the other night we got the save, and I think that's really the key in in, in the whole thing. And we just got to you know, we got a tough game tonight because you're playing a team that's all about creating chances and, you know, blowing the zone and hanging out behind you and just doing some things that it's harder to, to, to play against. And, we're, you know, we're going to have our hands full. Yeah, they are uh, They are ready to go at all times, even though you guys have beaten Buffalo at four of the last six. And you guys have scored a lot of goals on them. They are more than three goals a game against you, which is well above what you normally allow. Uh, what is it about them? Uh, and I know they've got some dynamic talent, especially now on the blue line. What is it about them that's so dangerous? Well, it's just the mentality. And I think, like you said, there's, there's, this Thompson is one of the elite players of the game. And you, you watch him when he gets the puck on his stick. And uh, it's, it's pretty, pretty impressive. And, and they got a bunch of other guys too. Now I think they got five or six of the real top, top players. And, you mentioned a couple on the blue line with, you know, Power and Deline. Like, those are guys that really did, and they're just kind of coming into their own. And um, So it's – it's it's and the way they're playing it is kind of – I don't want to say loosey-goosey, but it's – you know, they're definitely going for it. And that sometimes can be working your advantage. It can also work against you, as we've seen, too. So that's where we just have to stick to our game and kind of not get caught up in that one. Rod Brindamore, the head coach of the Carolina Hurricanes, if you are listening in Raleigh Stormwatch, comes your way uh, at 6.30 tonight. And that is, uh, it's always cool. It's going to feel weird to be back at PNC Arena. I know. So we, the Hurricanes opened the season at PNC Arena against Ottawa, one. Then they went west for five games, four in the Pacific time zone, then Colorado, then came home, changed underwear, and flew to Tampa. I know. And now it might be dark before we can even get to PNC oh, Arena. it's going to be dark in 10 minutes. <laughs> I know. Uh, then came home and played two games, Seattle and San Jose, back-to-back, and then left again. Jeez. They I'm went, tired for them. Right, exactly. They went to Philadelphia. They went to uh, uh, New York, play the Rangers, then the Islanders. Come home, one game, Buffalo, then they go to Florida. They're playing the Panthers and the Lightning on uh, Friday and Saturday. They won't know what to do when they stay in one place more than a week. (laughs) Fifteen games in, Carolina would have played four at home. Wow. That's it. They they have played three of their first 12 at home. Hey, at least they have a winning record, even though they can't stay in one place. It is. I mean, with all of the problems, they are still... Seven and five on the season. If they can get through this stretch, six of the remaining seven games in the month of November will be on home ice. I'm here for it. And that's good. Absolutely.